Hey, welcome back. We hope you enjoy listening to part two of this episode. How about like emotionally? You know, we talked about confidence and stuff like that. Like what were some of the ups and downs, the roller coaster as a teenager that you guys felt? Do you remember uh, things standing out too? Yeah, for sure. There was extra drama, you know, when you're in love, you're so in love. And then when they dump you, you're so dumped and you'll never live another <laughs> you know, moment of happiness. I think yeah. that everything was high and low, more highs than lows, but um, super dramatic. And that's like the way our brains, I mean, that's the way they're supposed to be. So very yeah. common for adolescents. No, to me, it was a little weird because like, you know, you all know my family. Growing up, there was a lot of issues at home with some siblings. And so trying to go through that and navigate that at the same time was trying to grow up and be a kid. You know, it was a little difficult at times, which made me kind of stray away from wanting to be a school. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I remember I had lunch six period and then I had science six period. So really, I had lunch six and seventh period. Right. So, you know, I'd go off and do other things. And but uh, I think for me, a part of that definitely affected the way I looked at school and how I grew up as well. Yeah, for sure. I think it's interesting how like what kind of what Sue was saying as far as being so like really self-absorbed, like everything was about I took everything so personally, whether it was good or bad or whatever. Like like when I was a teenager, it was everything had to be about me like you know if somebody even if a teacher is like hey you guys need to clean that up i was like hey i didn't make the mess well he wasn't <laughs> talking to me specifically it's just like you guys didn't yeah you know? but i always <laughs> like had to take it that way and my emotions uh up and down both you know mm-hmm. like if something good went our family's way or whatever i thought about how mostly how it affected me and how, how awesome maybe i was or how or how horrible I was, you know, just everything was so <laughs> self-absorbed. Egocentric, right? Yeah. Yeah, egocentric, yeah. It is crazy. It's it's hard to see beyond your face what's right in front of you with everybody around you. Everything is always about you growing up like that. You are just so focused on yourself and what you got going on in life. It's crazy. Yeah. Especially hard to see beyond your own face when you have a Rudolph pimple nose, you know? It's like- I know. <laughs> Right. That's what you see. (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) No, I totally, that was me, man. I understand that 100%. Yeah. I don't know. Did you guys like, so you talked about feeling kind of oblivious. Did you guys like have much anxiety or worry for the future or like your personal capabilities, things like that? I don't think I look beyond the moment. That's not true. I mean, I prayed every day that I'd marry the, you know, whoever it was I was in love with in that moment. But aside from that, I really didn't think <laughs> about the future, you know? Yeah. How about you guys? Senior year, I did, I think. Like, I worried of whether I'd ever finish high school at one point because of my health. But, you know, yeah. like, it was always felt so distant. It felt so distant. And then, like, that year before, everybody's asking, what's your plans? What do you What do you want to do when you, you know, graduate and stuff? Then it started really, like, seeping in. And this is something, this is, this is for real, you know? Yeah. For me... Yeah, I was a little bit anxious. Like, man, my only goal during that time was to get out of high school. I just needed to make sure that I was going to graduate and, you know, make it out of there. And, and my parents did try to instill in me the, you know, the purpose of an education. And they did try to get me to go to school. And I just kind of went from high school straight into working jobs. I didn't go to college, I don't think, until after my mission, like mm-hmm. at all. And like, it was never even on my mind. But, you know, I learned some things on my mission and how to study and things like that. To where when I came back, I was like, all right, well, you know what? I should probably go to school now. But at that time, growing up, 
man. Getting out of high school was the goal. Yep. Yep. I was always like a little bit ahead, you know what I mean? Like thinking a little bit ahead, like, oh, okay, my next milestone is like getting the driver's license and then getting, the, you know, getting a job. And, and then I would think, you know, a year or two in advance thinking about college and mission and, and things like that. So I think I wasn't too like focused on like the here and now. I had fun where I was at all the time too, but I don't think I had the anxiety like I should have had. Like, I think I was like, it'll be, it'll all work out. Everything's going to be great. Like I just was optimistic about it, I think. And it kind of did, I guess. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think some of that like egocentric, you know, not thinking too much about consequences and things like that made me a pretty big like risk taker. I loved like the adrenaline of, you know, climbing without ropes up in the mountains and car springs and mountain biking and, and doing things that were probably kind of dangerous and just like parkour before it was parkour. I remember doing that with friends and just trying to jump off high places over to another ledge or whatever. And if that was around when I was a teenager, then I definitely would have gotten into that like big, big time. Yeah, I'm sure. Were you guys risk takers at all or not really? Not me. I wasn't seeking it out, but I like to be afraid sometimes. <laughs> So if I was in the situation, I would go for it. Like, you know, like cliff jumping or whatever when we were like out on a canoe trip or something like that. I probably got scared more than anybody, but I pushed myself to do it just because I don't know. Because it like it does kind of give a little bit of a high, like almost, you know, just that adrenaline rush of doing something like that. I feel like I've lost that. I was putting up Christmas lights because before it gets too cold over here. I was on the roof, like, I'm going to die. Like, I can't do this. <laughs> Not really, but there was like, I didn't have the like carefree risk taken that I used to have when I was a teenager, for sure. Yeah. That's well, funny. at our age, also, if you fall, you're going to break a hip. So, <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's funny to say that, Dave, because when I, when I was married, you know, it, we were not, you and I were talking about this the other day is that, um, you know, I like, I love decorating my house for Christmas. You know, we never did it growing up. So when I had my own house, I was like, yes, I finally decorate my own stuff. <laughs> I get up on the roof and I think the ladder fell over or something like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's like 10 feet, 12 feet from the ground. I'm like, what do I do? I literally called my buddy to come get me. He had to like, drive over <laughs> to my house and get my ladder put back up. Yeah, man. <laughs> I was like, nope. <laughs> So, yeah, I wasn't much of the risk taking type, and my risk taking was talking to girls. So, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say there were other kinds of risk taking. Like when I look back, there were some dumb things that I did, and it wasn't for the adrenaline rush. It was just because I was stupid. But like, yeah. like I went, I went once in the back of a car to do a drug deal, and I was watching them like driving through Staten Island in the park just to, you know, and they were like, "You gotta watch this. Look what we're gonna do." And I'm going, "What? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! What are you doing?" You know. <laughs> But looking back, like we could have been arrested and that's a risk. It never crossed my mind, never crossed my mind. And there were a lot of things like that where, you know, I was yeah. with somebody when they stole from the store and I was just like, oh my gosh, look at you, you know, but it never crossed <laughs> my mind that there could be consequences. And and we were fortunate that uh, there really weren't ever, but I, I say fortunate, but some of those guys that did drugs got into trouble later on. So yeah, it would yeah. have been better if we got caught <laughs> for them. Yeah. That's a good point, Sue. Like, I hadn't thought about, you know, like when Dave was talking about risks, you know, and Ben jumping off cliffs over here, I was kind of more along the lines of you, like those types of risks, of, you know, yeah. uh, that that kind of stuff and those kind of people just kind of seeing what was going on and, and things like that. And that's kind of more of my risk taking as well. Like stupid moves. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just even walking in a bad neighborhoods at night or something like that, like a, being oblivious to mm -hmm. maybe this isn't the best place to be right now. <laughs> 
there's definitely a lot of obliviousness as a teenager about yeah. those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I think I was unfortunately like aware enough that I shouldn't have done it, but like not as, you know, not as aware as I should have been to, I, I went through a phase of like pranks and doing things, you know, to friends and people. And sometimes it was, yeah, it was a risk and I really shouldn't have done some of those things. But as far as risk taking is concerned, I think that really fed into like my ego sometimes of just feeling like I could do anything like, yeah, I could do that. And maybe my capacity was a lot lower than I realized, you know, there was definitely some things I had overinflated ego about and some things I had underinflated ego about, like where I didn't think I could do it. You know, I really was down on myself. And then other things I was like, yeah, like I would imagine myself as like some world famous writer down the road or, you know, Olympic athlete or whatever. It's silly stuff. I mean, yeah, stuff that like in hindsight, like they were not part of my skill set. Why would I even imagine myself (laughs) doing that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it wasn't even something I'm that interested in, but just imagining myself being amazing at something, you know? But then there's like the actual acting on something. Sometimes I didn't give myself enough credit too. So there was that side of things as well. What about you guys? I think every emotion is exaggerated. So yeah, you're feeling good about yourself. You're feeling so good about yourself. You're on top of the world or you're, you know, you messed up and you're a loser. Now you can't do anything. You might as well just go die somewhere under a rock, you know? (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. It makes me think about job interviews. Like, do you guys remember that stage when you like were first going to interview for a job, maybe the first few jobs that you had as a teenager? That was where I felt underinflated ego. Like I could have done, you know, working with Baskin Robbins, like I didn't need to be too stressed about that, uh, <laughs> that interview. But I remember being like, oh, you know, kind of stressed about that. But then on the other side of the spectrum, definitely feeling like, like Ben, like those like dream jobs that yeah not even have that's not even in my skill set that like i totally relate to that for sure so your first job at baskin robbins were you like eating ice cream was it like one scoop for you one scoop for me tell me the truth yeah so it was we got a free scoop with every shift so that was already one given more than one scoop probably wasn't i wasn't into that but there was a girl that worked with us that like started off probably like 30 or 40 pounds lighter than when she ended the job oh no (laughs) i'm pretty sure she was a she oh. was uh, helping herself quite a bit, yeah. It's <laughs> oh, funny to say that about Baskin Robbins, though, because uh, there used to be a Baskin Robbins in down in Maplewood Village, uh-huh. which is no longer a Baskin Robbins. But my brothers were both friends with the, the main guy, Mark, that ran it, but like his family owned it or whatever. And he'd always let me come hang out, like in the back and stuff like that. But like, I just remember one day he's like, "Hey, you want this ice cream cake?" Like, you guys, somebody bought it but never came and picked it up. It was like wow. a football. It was like a quarterback crunch football, like shaped ice cream cake. Mm. <laughs> Do I want it? Of course. So I took it home and ate the thing. It was ours. <laughs> <laughs> so, what awesome, were you guys' man. first jobs then, John? What was yours? For me, it was a six star factory outlet. It was basically like a dollar store. I was just emptying trucks and stocking things in the shelves and stuff like that, you know? My first job was the Maplewood Movie Theater, actually. Started on the 4th of July. I actually loved it. Ended up working at two more movie theaters after that in my lifetime. Ah, I loved it. I always, I always wanted to do that, yeah. I'm sure it's much different now, but like putting the movies together and things like that, it's just, it's, it was really cool. It was a really neat experience. I was really good at it. Uh, in New Jersey, you couldn't be a projectionist. You had to be part of a union to do that. 
But here in Texas, in Arizona, I was a manager at one of the theaters and a supervisor at the other. I put all the movies together and everything like that. All the reels connected them all, put all the trailers on and everything like that. I absolutely loved it. Not going to lie. And being able to watch the movie the night before it came out was pretty cool, too. That's awesome, awesome man. Now, how I Jealous. got fired from the movie theater, that's a completely different episode. But, you know. Stuart, <laughs> <laughs> was your first job the car wash then? It was. And I loved that. We were outside all the time. It was, you know, getting dirty and getting wet and lots of exercise, climbing in and out of cars. And we thought we were rich and spent all our money on donuts and orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys get tips a lot too then? Was yeah, it just, we uh, did. We did. Yeah. Lots of creepy guys. Like as an adult, I look back and think, oh my gosh, there were so many perverts there. But as a kid, it was like, oh my gosh, boys, you know. <laughs> was that in Maplewood or no? That was in Milburn, right next to the shop, oh. right? Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, I know. What you're it was like about. a fully stocked. There were like thirty employees and like eighteen on the line. It was hard work, but it was so good. I think that was when I first learned to love taking care of your body. You know, like exercise feels good. Learned Does that it? There. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's weird did- is I took that job and I had a choice between two jobs. It was actually Dad that got me the job. And he gave me a choice because working with the ward employment specialist. And they asked me if I wanted to be a runner on Wall Street. Do you guys know what a runner is? Yeah. Well, I didn't know. I thought it meant like somebody who could run and I could never run. So I chose the car wash. And in the end, like I could have maybe been working on Wall Street. That's how like little brain cells were functioning in my adolescent brain. (laughs) How life could have been so different for us. (laughs) What does the runner on Wall Street do, Sue? Well, I don't know for sure, but I think that they're the ones that go from the phone calls to the floor when they're trading in stocks. So it's like on Wall Street, it's like in the building. It it has something to do with trading stocks. And it would have been, you know, my foot in the door of the financial world, which dad always wanted me to do. And I never wanted to, (laughs) you know. Dave, you've seen it like on TBS or whatever. You've seen trading places. Yeah. 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 So like at the end of trading places, when they go to corner the juice market or whatever, they got all these runners going back and forth. And yeah, it's exactly what Sue said. Yeah. 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 That's it. That's it. That could have been Sue. That's awesome. Forgot about that movie. Yeah. (laughs) Could have been. Instead, I was a greasy, grimy car wash worker. (laughs) And I did that for years, like for years, for probably three years. It was so fun. Do you still treat your car right? You still keep it clean? No. No, no, oh. no, but you know what? What plumber doesn't have a leaky sink? You know, you don't do your work outside at home. Yeah, I can't you imagine. Yeah, you don't take your work home with you. Right? Yeah, I can't <laughs> be like a, a super good chef and like coming home and wanting to cook a massive meal. Yeah, yeah. same yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, All right, I'm having a hot pocket. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right, so I uh, found this article about kind of like facts about teenagers and. Whether or not they're like scientifically proven facts for sure, I don't know, but I found it on the internet. So it's got to be true. So they say that like teenagers can't remember future tasks. Like that's a challenge that they have. They also say that uh, teenagers, their brains are wired to take risks. And we kind of talked about that a little bit. Totally true. With you having teenagers, do you think that's true? Like growing up, you know, for us, you might be able to say that those are true. But what about you as a parent? Do you think those things are true, seeing that in your own families? Gosh, yes. First of all, I can't get my kids <laughs> to carry their laundry downstairs and put it away. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's awesome. <laughs> do your kids do that? Do they follow directions and remember things? Like when you ask them no, to do something? No, you're right. Yeah. 
You're right. It, it's like that children's book. Like if you give a mouse a cookie, like that's what happens. I think it's yeah. like they start doing the thing and then like, you know, squirrel, they go off to something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. No, ben. that's exactly what it is. I remember mom thinking maybe I had hearing problems. Like, and, cause I would, I, uh, that was my excuse. Oftentimes I would just say, I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you say that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, well, we got to check out your ears then. <laughs> cause because I was doing that often enough. Like I maybe, maybe, maybe I did hear it. And I just kind of put it in the back of my mind. Like I'll get to it eventually. But when she would ask again, like, Hey, did you do that thing? I couldn't remember her saying that. Like, I don't think I heard it. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hearing problems. They say, you know, teenagers are, are more prone to addiction. You know, the feel good chemical dopamine hitting that uh, teenage brain that's something that they seek after are more vulnerable to that i guess also teenagers believe you are being hostile even when you aren't Ben, i think that was you talked about that when you were talking about like kind of the egocentric mindset right taking things personally right yeah why are you attacking me (laughs) yeah i guess it's it's because the rational front part of their brains is underdeveloped teenagers tend to rely on the more primitive back brain to interpret people's facial expressions so that's part of it like in the face but also just the way things are presented i guess yeah everything i say teenagers naturally fall asleep late and wake up late as well i remember that to be true for sure i just read about that last week and they said a lot of kids think that if they like i'll sleep in the weekend so they'll sleep in saturday till two in the afternoon you know to make up for and what it does is it actually slows the release of melatonin and it takes a week to catch up. So the whole rest of the week, they're, you know, staying up late, can't sleep, and then super tired in, at school in the morning. Like that's oh, a legit man. thing. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't feel like that was me growing up. I'm just, and, and we talked on the last episode about sleep and stuff like that. And, you know, like today, I, I've been up since three. So <laughs> it's just like, Don- it's a- as a kid growing up early morning seminary as a teenager i did and you were awake and alert i didn't say that i said i went (laughs) 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 i did go i did go yes i graduated from (laughs) seminary but yeah no um yeah i just sleep for me it was never really a big deal growing up like all my siblings slept they all slept like champs but i just i don't remember it being my priority so Hmm. Yeah. yeah i remember staying up for sure we'd have like sleepovers and stuff and i would stay up super late and if i could i could sleep in decent i never slept in like i think like 11 was the latest unless it was like crazy i stayed up yeah super super like almost all night or something. but yeah sue did you stay up and sleep in late too i don't remember being tired in the morning i was always up and raring to go so but i yeah absolutely wanted to stay up later i was not yeah. an early sleeper yeah, that part I could do, but it was the you know sleeping in late that didn't really bother me. Yeah, not me. I was up yeah. showered with makeup on for early morning seminary. There were boys there. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> Remember what I said? Girls are more motivated. <laughs> That's hilarious. And then the last fact and quotes maybe from the article was that teenagers' sense of smell is less developed than adults. The author says, I don't know if this is actually true, but it's the only explanation I can find for the odors seeping out from under my teenage boy's bedroom doors. Whether <laughs> it's choking on clouds of perfumed body spray or braving the stale fug of hormones and dirty socks in a teenager's room, parents and teenagers get used to living with some very strong smells. 
Facts, right? Sue, I see you nodding your head. I, I actually haven't read that yet. I haven't gotten to the physical parts, um, but I don't know that that's true. And I'll say this because I know adults that stink really bad. And I think they you just get used to your own smell. So I don't yeah. know that that's true. I think the boys are just, no offense, teenage boys are just a little bit on the lazy side. And if they're not reminded to shower and put deodorant on and brush their teeth, they may or may not do that. And then they get used yeah. to the smell. On the other end of that, though, I got cologne as a teenager. And I remember like I would spray it and I didn't realize that whole getting used to it. And so I'm like, man, it's not as strong as I remember. And I would spray more and more and more and more and more <laughs> until I was like, people were dying in the cloud and they would tell me. And I'm like, oh, I got used <laughs> to it. Like, I didn't know that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I have some what coworkers that have that teenager mentality of not realizing they smell too. So. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know that <laughs> yeah. that's a teenage thing. It's just a human thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. Very well could be. Yep. All right. So we like playing games on the Fat Dumb and Happy for sure. And a teenage game that I think we all played at least to some degree was classic truth or dare. So we're gonna do a couple uh truths, couple dares. And who wants to go first? Me. <laughs> all right. I wanna do a truth. I wanna do a truth. <laughs> all right. All right. What was your most embarrassing memory as a teenager? Oh, no, don't make me say this. <laughs> My, you know what? Honest to goodness, like, I, first of all, I don't get embarrassed very easily. And so this is like hindsight kind of thing. But um, this is how dumb we were when we were younger. When I was 13 or 14, I had a crush on my best friend's boyfriend. I'm not going to say his name. I'll just say it's Smo Nachetta. Anyway, so Smo Nachetta, I just loved him. And she knew it. And so for my birthday, the year that I turned 14, had to be 13 turning 14, she arranged for him to meet be me behind the elementary school and kiss me. And so we went there and like totally kissed me. And I was like, you know, puckered up with my lips like this. And he was French kissing. I had no idea what that was. And I sat there like, slobbering <laughs> all over my mustache and my face. <laughs> I got home like I was like I will never wash this off and I got home and looked in the mirror and like every little because I used to have a Sophia Loren mustache every little hair had like white powder stuck to it it was so disgusting <laughs> but so it was like after the fact that I realized you know I said to her like that was weird he opened his mouth and she's like that's French kissing. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. Wait, did you open your mouth? I'm like, no. Why would I want to spit in my mouth? <laughs> so it's a combination of like wanting to kiss my best friend's boyfriend. And, you know, just it was just the whole thing was a mess. <laughs> that is hilarious and awesome. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> nice. All right. Who's next? I'll go. All right, John. Truth or dare? I'll take a truth. All right, truth, John. What was the grossest or weirdest thing you ever ate? All right. So, look, the show's called Fat, Dumb, and Happy, right? So, I'm a meat and potatoes guy, right? Just yes. through it. Yeah. I mean, very simple. I don't have like this extended, awesome palette of trying new things. I'm not a trier of new foods. Okay. <laughs> I know what yeah. I like, I get what I like. When I go to a restaurant, I order the same thing every time. I know, I'm lame, all right? But look, growing up, three or four years, we had Japanese exchange students come live with us, one of yeah. whom we still talk to, still Facebook friends. Uh, Kyoto, yeah, she was awesome. Uh, she was the very first one that we ever had. She was awesome. I think we had two Japanese and one Spanish. But anyway, they wanted to do something really nice for us. 
So they're like, hey, we want to do something really nice for you. You guys have been so nice to us this whole time. Let us cook you some Japanese food. I was like, and as a kid, I was a teenager at the time. I was like, oh, my gosh, this was the worst thing I've ever had in my entire life. They were just trying to show us their culture and be nice and cook us all this food. And they had a spread, man, like a spread. And, you know, meat and potatoes guy. And there's like these little octopus sitting on the table and like, you know, squid and all this other stuff. And I just I wanted no part of it. My parents made me partake, you know, to show my appreciation for them doing that. That was probably growing up one of the worst things I think I've, I've ever had to try. It's weird because, like, my dad always wanted us to try new stuff, and he, um, he, made us, <laughs> he made us veal one time growing up. And I was like, and it was, I did not care for it at all. And so I've never had that again. And I think things like this that have happened through my childhood are the reasons I don't branch out and try new stuff, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> like, my dad's stepdad sent him a fresh salmon from the Pacific Ocean, packaged it up, sent it out. He cooked it. He made me eat it. And I've, I've never tried fish since. Are you kidding? I hate fish. <laughs> I want to cry. Yeah. Well, I don't even <laughs> eat fish sticks. Like, I won't even eat fish sticks. Like, it's just so. I just can't do it. I, I just yeah. don't even bring myself to try. And like, <laughs> missing the my, buddy, my buddy that was my roommate I, up till a couple of weeks ago, I mean, that dude went to chef school. He was a good chef. I've had a lot of the things that he's tried, but he gets so frustrated because I wouldn't try a lot of his stuff too. So, yeah. You wouldn't make it on that Fear Factor show. No. I, I will dry heave thinking about that show right now. Like, <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's funny you say that. You say that soon because he and I actually talked about being on like a Fear Factor or like um, the Amazing Race or that kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. He's the complete opposite of me, and so like uh, he would have to do all the food stuff, and I'd have to do all the <laughs> physical stuff. But that's probably in my mind growing up. That was the grossest or weirdest thing I've ever had to eat. Nice, nice, good, good answer. That's good. All right, Dave. What about you? Truth or dare, sir? I know what you're going to pick. Let's do a dare. You guys did two truths. Let's do a dare. Dare? Okay. All right. David? Oh, man. I dare you, and they can be girl ones, but I dare you to do 15 push-ups and then try to play it off like you're not out of breath. Can you do that? <laughs> I don't think you probably can. Probably not. No, probably not. All right, here we go. Are they going to be real or are they going to be girl push-ups? No, I'm doing real. I was in the Air Force, man. Come on. But I am out of shape, so here we go. One. Camera. Where's the camera? Yeah, I can't see that you're doing these. You're going to have to start <laughs> over and show me. I can do that too. One, two, three, I four. <laughs> Man, I just did 50. It's amazing. Now look at my face. You can tell. It's red. And I'm fine. Everything's totally normal. <laughs> <laughs> can you feel your nice. heartbeat? That's a good one. Yes, exactly. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I need to do that more often. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> and, I was, and I'm still out of breath, so. <laughs> All right. All right, Ben. Let me catch my breath. Truth or dare, Ben? Dare. Ooh. <laughs> All right, Ben. Uh, this feels like something I would have done as a teenager. I dare. I dare you to eat a tablespoon of ketchup. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Here we go. Uh, I'm gonna have to work myself. I mean, up ketchup's to good, but a whole tablespoon—that's a little <laughs> too, too much, right? Too much. You should do mayonnaise. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh. It could be worse. Yeah, it could be worse, Ben. All right. Well, we're nice gonna try to, to do this here. Don't try to fake us out like you did on the first episode either. Yeah, right. really. Yeah, we're watching. I okay. I have to have that. like this water here ready to go because I don't know. This is... <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> give it a good. Hey, give it a good shake. You don't want that like. No, no. Don't juice, shake it. You know? Don't shake it. Make him get the juice. <laughs> He needs a French fry. One big French fry. <laughs> the ketchup water. Oh man, I'm like already oh, starting man. to get like pre-gags, you know. <laughs> oh oh man. Man. Let's squeeze this out. Yeah, you're right, because like that. Oh gross. Did <laughs> 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 you hear that oh, squirt? It's great. Can you hear that squirt? Oh man. Oh yeah. gosh. Alright, gotta do this fast here. Right, in the there camera. In the camera. Okay. Can you see that? Oh man! <laughs> oh man! Really? It's ketchup. <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> I know kids that eat packets of those, like in their mouth. Uh, they just squeeze them. That's other people, man, not me. Yeah, that was the perfect dare for Ben for sure. That oh, was the challenge that was like right. just right for him. That's hilarious. Yeah, truth the dare was a fun time growing up for sure. Why was it that during Truth and Dare, the first question was always, who's your favorite crush? Every yeah, time. exactly. <laughs> yep. In the early days, it was like, have you ever kissed a girl? Yeah, yeah, that's right? it. Yep. That was the game of the highest hopes. Like, you go into it with the highest hopes and always leave so disappointed. Because I would go in and <laughs> yes. I knew who I wanted to, like, I knew who I wanted to kiss or wanted to kiss me. You know, I was new. <laughs> And it was one guy that I didn't want, and he'd lick his lips beforehand. It was like, you know, and I leave so defeated. <laughs> and and then one of my sisters would kiss the one that I liked. You know, it was always. Did you guys feel like that? Was it like that for you too? <laughs> never worked out. Never, never panned out for me. I um, never had a fun truth or dare now. <laughs> <laughs> Except laughing the, at somebody else, maybe. But a the anticipation, <laughs> right? Of like maybe, yes. yeah. Yeah, ours wasn't so based on, I think, like kissing the girl or something like that. It was always like, oh, man, we really wanted to get this really funny or tough dare and they would chicken out of it or something like that. That would be the disappointment. But yeah, so truth or dare was always a good time. Well, maybe it wasn't. It was disappointing and uh, frustrating, right? (laughs) (laughs) But any other games you guys played as teenagers that you remember? Do you know what? When you guys were little and I was a teenager, we had like all the guys that I was friends with. They were the Bayway boys. They would come over and play Duck, Duck, Goose out on the front lawn. And we would do like charades with you guys with Ben playing Superman over and over and over again, no matter what, you know, his actions were. It was always Superman. (laughs) And like, that's kind of the way we were as teenagers is like we played a lot of the little kids games and had so much fun. So we did like cement tag and they weren't kissing games you know they weren't like but they were with the boys <laughs> so yeah. it was just as much fun do you guys yeah, remember that rem- at all i can't remember if you were a teenager but i do remember you bringing friends over that broke our couch when we played fruit, uh, basket. fruit basket upset uh, yeah yes and that would have been on the couches yeah that would have been a teenager yeah that was the bayway boys <laughs> nice Funny. sidewalk tag yeah. and stuff like that that was a good yeah. time for sure yeah then I remember you had like a sweet 16, like surprise birthday party, something like that. And I remember being, you know, four years younger, about 12 or so, and just watching and being like so jealous. It looked like it was so much fun, like <laughs> boys and girls and playing some teenager games. Do you remember that? 
Yeah. I don't remember all the games necessarily. I think a lot of the time we were just watching a movie and stuff. But I do remember, yeah, they surprised me, I guess. I mean, I, I knew we'd probably do something, but they just showed up. And Amy was living with us, our cousin, you know. And she did mm-hmm. this thing called the love train. And she picked some boy and then had them hold onto her shoulders as they went up the stairs. And then you could hear up the stairs, like going, woo, or something like that, you know. And then <laughs> they come back down. They come back down holding on each other's shoulders. And then and then that boy would pick the next girl, you know. And, of course, of course, I get picked last, you know. <laughs> like, what's going to happen, you know. I'm going up. Yeah. So they go up. And and once you get up there, they <laughs> the girl slaps me in the face. You know, I think it was I can't remember who it was even. You know, but it's like they're yeah. all secretly slapping each other instead of kissing. I guess you know. <laughs> Just making but then they come and down slapping. and be like, "Woo!" You know, like acting like it was a big. You know. Well, so that's what Dave was getting jealous of was <laughs> was imagining what was going on up there, but there really wasn't anything good going on up there. Oh, I wanted to get slapped in the face, man. We used to play the punching game. That sounded like fun. That's, no, that's true. hilarious. That's true. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. The games as a teenager was a good time for sure. And we're about out of time, but we wanted to hear the last little bit from Sue and her expertise. Some of the things that she's been doing, working with teenagers right now. Any advice to teens? What interests her about what she does or anything she wanted to share? So Sue, over to you. But my best advice for teens is to just hang in there. It's just one day at a time. And then to the parents of teens, like this is also normal. You were a teen once too. So slow down and choose your battles. That would be my best advice. And really those topics that you brought up before, there's a lot of brain and chemical hormones and stuff going on in them and and lots of changes and you got to support them. Just love them and support them. Awesome. No, that's great advice for sure. And I think we forget that. Like I always try like especially when i feel like i've maybe overreacted and then I, I go back and i go uh yeah i remember i was an idiot when i was a teenager so totally you know i can throw some grace your way for sure try to remember yeah, that and they can't help it keep it in that perspective they really can't help it mm-hmm. yeah absolutely awesome all right guys thank you so much for listening another awesome episode of fat dumb and happy of course dave thank you for all the prep work and definitely uh you know thanks to ben always being our guest expert and sue thank you so much guys i haven't seen sue in like 30 years so this was incredible sue thank you so much for everything that you brought to the table in this podcast it was great you said a lot of really great stuff actually thank you to you everybody listening you know look we appreciate y'all for listening so thank you so much please rate subscribe and share with everyone that you love so they can be a part of this too and even if you hate them then make them listen anyway this is going to be the last episode of the first season so we did 13 episodes it is important make sure your notifications are on when you subscribe so that way when next episode is up you'll know right away and then obviously you know we'll post it on facebook and everything like that as well but you know feel free to comment on the podcast or give us any ideas anything you want to talk about you want to be on the show you got a topic you want to talk about that you're an expert in you can be a special guest expert as well just email us at fdhpod at gmail.com but most importantly everybody remember to stay fat dumb and happy thanks everybody see y'all later thanks guys thanks thank you see ya Except the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole Saturday in detention for whatever it was we did wrong. But we think you're crazy to make us write an essay telling you who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us. 
simplest terms, the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a brain, and an athlete, and a basket case, a princess, and a criminal. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, The Breakfast Club. Dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude.